Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Happy day. (laughs) How are you? I am good. The sun is shining. It's a pretty day. We've been working in the yard. Mm -hmm. I drained and refilled my hot tub for the season. Nice. And I almost overflowed it. I set a timer on the hose. Yeah. But my brain had convinced me that the first time when we had filled it, it had taken like three or four hours. And it takes barely an hour. I need everyone to know. (laughs) And so it takes, well, it takes about an hour 15, honestly. But I set a timer for two hours. Oh, no. And went out and checked on it just to like see the progress and the water was quite literally like a half inch from overflowing. And you're like, Oh, just kidding. (laughs) Oh shit. shit. And so I had to run from our backyard all the way through our house into the front yard because of where our spigot is, it's in the front yard. And so I was like hustling (laughs) to go turn it off. Oh my God. But somehow I still got the lid closed. So I'm impressed. But I'm going to get in it tonight. And when I get in it, it's going to like a lot of water is going to come out. Just (laughs) words to the wise. Next time you remove the hose from the hot tub and put it on plants, a shrub. Yeah, um, I should have. I I was panicking (laughs) because my brain was like, you don't want to flood the grass and the flowers. So don't put the hose on it. But then the hot tub's about to flood. So... I mean, it's fine. Plants could use water for a minute and they would be okay. Pretty much whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, maybe next time I'll get a timer for the hose. Like, I bet there's an automatic shutoff that you could do. So yeah, I've forget. watched Jared one too many times forget a timer for yeah. water related things and it is just a little terrifying. So, uh-huh. it's traumatizing. We have water trauma in my house, though. <laughs> so, it's fine. Well, I was getting the hot tub ready because. I feel like a news alert sound oh. is necessary for this. And I have made some new friends. Oh my god. <laughs> if you know me at all, you know how 
unrealistic that is. It's not unrealistic. It's big news. I literally had this same conversation with my mom today. I said, I'm going to go to coffee with someone I've never met before. I think that's probably even like four or five years since I've done that on purpose. (laughs) On purpose? Yeah. 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 So we had a group of friends that my husband plays softball with. We still have a group of friends. We still have them. (laughs) And the group has expanded. So there's like kind of two different parts of the same origin group. And we were going out with the second part for the first time and really connected, had a great time. And were they were clearly like their own core group and we were the extras that night. But we've also known one of the people in the group for like 15 years. So, you know, it was kind of like, "Mm, we've known him longer than you just because you're closer now. So like we meshed well because of that. And so we all headed off and then we got like, you know how those things just come up when you're in a group of people and you start inviting them to like future yeah. things because you're like having a good time with them. Well, normally I'm that person because I'm just like, I'm having a good time. You should come to the hot tub. You should come to cook out. We should do a Royals game together. And I'm like rattling off all these things. And then no one ever follows me up on anything. I don't know what that's about. But for the first time ever, it happened to us. Like we were being invited to all of these things. And so what's really funny is that Brian, my husband, is kind of anxious about like saying yes to invites like that because he doesn't want to feel like he's imposing, even though they're literally inviting us and they wouldn't invite you if they didn't want you. And so he's doing his classic like, oh, well, like, let us know as you get closer if you still want us or like if there's still room, like if no one else comes, we'll come and like that kind of thing. And I was like, no, we're going to be there. I'm putting it on my calendar right now. (laughs) And so I did. I put it on the calendar and we're going to their next friend date extravaganza and I'm really excited I I do not understand I mean I I understand logistically and also I just grew up in a home where I don't know my parents are really bad at having friends and so the idea of having like a friend group that Mm -hmm. like spend time with on a regular basis I'm so much more used to you have one friend in this silo over here and one friend in this silo over here. Yes. And then you like strategically take them to coffee or lunch, but then there's nothing else that like combined. Yeah. But in the same spirit of attempting to open myself up, I don't know what it was. I almost posted this on Facebook and I literally deleted it because I was like, I can't open this can of worms publicly. <laughs> I'm going to do it on the podcast. You're going to do it here. <laughs> but I said, so I typed and then literally deleted it because I was scared to post it. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm just like feeling this intense desire to like grow my network again. And not that there's anything wrong with the group of people I know, but it's like I really worked on expanding the group of people I knew when I started my business. And then I got really comfortable. And then I wanted mm-hmm. to break out of the bubble. But my way of breaking out of the bubble was to exclude myself from the bubble. <laughs> I just like didn't. And I just kind of went in my own silo and did my own thing for a really long time. And I was like, I really almost posted, who do you think I need to know? Mm-hmm. I want to like take some people to coffee and lunch and stuff. And then I was like, no. 
I just feel like that's not going to go well. So I instead have just asked a couple specific people yeah. who they yeah. think I should know. Yeah, that seems more manageable. Yes. So I didn't post it to the to the whole world. And so uh-huh. far, it's been good. There's a couple of people that I've had on my mind for a couple of weeks now. It's funny because even though I teach this kind of thing all the time, I'm like, why am I nervous? I, there's literally no reason to be nervous. This person I want to email to take her to lunch to ask her who she thinks I should know. Like, I've known her for 10 years. I just find her intimidating is the wrong word. I just have always looked up to her, even though we do very, very different things. Uh, and she seems to always have it together. She's like the kind of, and you would know who I'm talking about. She's the kind of woman that like always has heels on, always looks put together, has what looks like 75 children uh-huh. and like manages to throw beautiful birthday parties. And uh-huh. I'm over here. Like I look like a hot mess seven days a week. Uh-huh. And I don't know how to brush my hair. So yeah. My husband now says I look nice when I have like dry shampoo in my hair and sweats just because I like, I brushed my hair. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the bar has been moved so well. <laughs> this morning, I was in the middle of getting ready. And you know when you have brushed your hair out and you put half of it up so you can curl it? Uh-huh. I walk out of the room and I have a clip like straight up on the top of my head. It's like, oh, you look cute. And I was like, Oh no! That's what it's come to. I said, I've literally brushed it, and this is a like literally I clipped half of it to my head so I can curl the bottom. Oh no! Like <laughs> I think that's why Brian likes going out with friends now because we just don't go anywhere anymore. Sure. And I use when we go out with friends, I'm like I dress up like I'm getting sure. ready. If I'm putting on clothes at all and gonna have to like bathe and do the whole thing I am looking fantastic yeah I knew there was a problem when yesterday I walked out and all I had done was put on a bra and a different t-shirt like (laughs) oh you look so cute and I was like oh no I I changed baggy t-shirts in the middle of the day yesterday because I got too sweaty in one and I felt gross. So I changed into another baggy t-shirt. I've started referring to them as night pajamas and day pajamas. (laughs) So, so (laughs) And we wonder why we don't have a lot of (laughs) come out of my cocoon, I think, and um, work on getting. So I have been getting ready more days of the week. Mm -hmm. That's step one. I'm trying to reintroduce myself to society. And so I'm starting to go out a little bit more. But like, literally, I am getting in a vehicle maybe one day a week right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even do that. So (laughs) we, we go out maybe on the weekends. Having friends and making friends and being intentional about making friends when there aren't a lot of set up scenarios for you to be forced to like at that school or even in-person work environments. Yeah. Those are two very easy ways to make friends because you're there with the same people and you like everyone has to be there. So you might as well find someone to get you through it. But if you don't have those situations and there's even less now, right? Where like maybe you canceled your gym membership or you're not going to the community center or whatever it might be it's hard. It's very hard. And I think I was kind of in a rut just 
for a while just yeah. about like, I felt like I wanted to expand my group of friends to introduce new personalities and different viewpoints and different phases of life and all of the things. And you have to be really, really intentional about doing that. And I'm remembering also, and I wanted to drop this as a resource, if you want to have continued conversation about how to make real friends as a business owner, we did an episode with Danielle Jackson. It's episode 579. It was phenomenal. There are so many great ideas, not just for networking, but how to turn like business friends or internet friends into real friends. Yes. Highly recommend for sure, that's my main issue is most of my friends don't live here. Oh, Period. I could rattle off a lot of people who I talk to on the daily yeah. who just do not live here. It makes my heart sad, but... I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in. If you have yet to hear, we are today running today. a virtual conference. So if you missed it, I'm feeling really sad for you. So you need to send us a message. I'm sure I have some things in my back pocket that you would love to see. And so if you are a service-based entrepreneur at all, send us a message. I have some resources for you, Mm -hmm. especially if the episode we're about to drop today resonates with you. I want to talk to you specifically because there is light at the end of the tunnel and there's things on the other side. But Go DM us on Instagram at Boss Project. Send us a message. If you want to catch the replays, the trainings, or find out the resources on how to get access to the resources of what you just missed, there is a way, but you do have to DM us and start the conversation and we'll see if it makes sense. But today, especially the phases that we're going to be talking about are really going to give you an idea. I hear this all the time. The conversation about I'm doing the things, but I don't necessarily know what to focus on next. I don't know where to go next. I don't know what to what lever to pull next. I don't know why I'm feeling as overwhelmed or, oh my gosh, this is so fun and easy. How do I set up myself for success in the future? And how do I maintain this? How do I keep growing, right? And everyone's always trying to look ahead. And I feel like what's beneficial is understanding the phase that you're currently in so that you can have a little bit of a reality check of like, here's why it's great here's why it's shitty. And here's what you need to be doing to move into the next phase. Yeah. It's not about growing out of a phase. Well, I mean, it's part of it is, but it's ahead. Like, cause some right. of it, like you're going to have to go back to some of the things, some of the things they're a little bit inevitable. Yes. And I think that's what we forget is that things are inevitable. And as things grow, there are going to be roadblocks and hesitations and frustrations that just happens there's a classic place of being stuck. And I feel like that that's where the majority of our listeners are. So I want to give you a little bit of like, if this is what you're feeling, it's normal. And here's how to get out of it. And so I think often when we're sitting there looking at our business and we're wanting to work on our business, right? And grow it and be intentional about it. We're overwhelmed at all of the options of what we could do to make a change. So we don't do anything we're frozen. And so I hope that this episode can gives you a little bit of guidance of just being like, if you looked at this one area and changed that or worked on that, or were intentional about moving to here, then you could shift into a new phase. Well, I want to just like reassure you that the reason you tend to 
do what you're doing is like literally instinctual mm-hmm. fight flight or freeze mm-hmm. is literally wired into your dna yep. and so anytime you hit any sort of roadblock or fear or sign that like what's your gut reaction when you're placed with any adversary doesn't matter what it is i feel like we all have our this is the one i tend mm. to want to do even if you don't necessarily do it but it's like your gut reaction probably freeze mine is flight 100 percent. yeah yours is definitely flight. i'm gone <laughs> But I think mine's freeze, but like, I would say freeze in the, how can I do this in a way that pleases the most other people, but not myself? Sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah. it's, um, how can I do this so, and not let anyone else down? Yeah. Which is also really dangerous. Yeah. Mine is, this makes me feel icky. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm definitely not a, f- I mean, I'm fighter to like, in a certain extent, but like, I'm way more likely to shut down, like I'm prone to anxiety or depression or like getting into a cycle of apathy. Uh That can be really dangerous. That's where I go when you don't let me leave. (laughs) I'm like, okay, now I'm just depressed then. (laughs) Well, shit, letting you leave is also not a good option for me. No, I know. (laughs) I mean, if if it means you're going to be depressed, that's on you, boo. (laughs) That's on you. But yeah, okay. So all that being said, it's totally normal that you would Mm -hmm. have a guttural reaction to this. But I think if we realize what's ahead, for me, a lot of times that has given me a breath of fresh air that, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Other people go through this. This is just the phase I'm in. It's just a phase. I can see what's next for me. And it, trust me, it has been hard. Like as you continue to grow, you're going to be like, it's going to be harder to find examples of what next looks like. Yes. And you're going to have to start to define that. But I, for the majority of you listening, I'm really confident in where some of these initial phases start out with and who I think we can help the most. So, yep. Okay. So I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of the three phases we're going to be talking about. Are there nuances to each of these yes. phases? 100%. Are there phase 2.0s inside of each of these phases? Yes. Absolutely. But after over seven years of working with service-based business owners and running my own for over a decade at this point, I have been able to see trends and natural buckets that y'all fall into that we're going to talk about today. So the three phases are bootstrap, burnout, and beyond. And so we're going to talk about how your service-based business evolves through these three phases. Sometimes you slide back, sometimes you go back forward, but these are the like three key components that you're going to see. Some of you live in certain phases for a lot longer. Some of you will never get out of certain phases. And we're going to talk about the nuances that we see and the mistakes that we see and the positives that we see at each of these phases. Because ultimately, here's the thing that I want to remind you before we talk about each of these phases and how to move through them, is you get to decide how far you grow your business, how far you scale it, what it looks like. Just because beyond is the last phase, so to speak, beyond, you get to decide what that means. One person's version of beyond is... A great salary, one person, a part-time employee, easy movie grouping. One person's version of beyond is seven figures and a big old team, easy movie grouping, right? So 
it doesn't matter. It only matters for what you want. Right. Okay. So now that we acknowledge that we all start, we all start in the bootstrap phase. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites, honestly. (laughs) It's a very willing to figure it out kind of face. It's usually something you feel really instinctual about because one of two choices, either you've been forced into bootstrap, got to figure it out mode, or you've like intentionally decided to leave something else and figure it out. And so you're kind of thrust into it one way or another, whether you made the choice or not. And then you have to figure it out. And Mm -hmm. I think the part that can be a bit confusing especially for service-based entrepreneurs is more than likely you're very skilled at the thing you do already, Yep. but you haven't necessarily been given the tools or had the example or been through it before to know what does it look like to actually run a business and like, what are the pieces of the puzzle that makes that work? Yep. And so in that bootstrapping phase, the first part of it that's like exciting is that you just realize that you're the expert. You realize that you're really good at what you do. And when you might not realize you're the expert yet, but you're realizing what your expertise could be. Sure. And so like you're in a job, you're doing something and you're identifying a way out is something that you know how to do. And you're like starting to kind of dabble in that. It's the exciting new idea. I could see the possibilities of this thing. I feel like this is the romantic side. 100%. Of running of I call this the blissful naivete phase where you're like blissfully naive about literally everything. And I mean that in the coolest way. Like it is truly a really fun place to be because of how naive you are. And because you don't, necessarily know the impacts of all of the decisions that you're making in a really great fun way. So you're realizing that you can actually serve people with something that you know how to do and you get started doing that. It's boots on the ground. It's messy. It's dirty. It's imperfect action. You're saying yes to literally all of the clients for all of the work to just get the experience and figure it out. And it's exciting. You were in this space. Yeah, I definitely was willing to do all the things for all the people and experimenting with different offers. And here's the thing that I think people maybe don't realize. If you are in the phase of you have been trained by the way you've been educated that you have to hear from someone else what is required of you. And so you're just very used to doing what you're told. And so like you've only ever had a boss and yeah, you've only ever had a boss, but even in school, you were told you're Mm assigned, you were told what to learn, you were told what to do. Okay. Well now as a business owner for the first time, you're, you're in the driver's seat. Your inclination is to let your clients do the driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people in this space not only say yes to any client project, but they also let the client tell them what they think they need. And like, yep. I tend to see a lot of people charging hourly or charging really low rates or very much like manipulating something to work exactly for what the client yes. what they need. Yes, And they won't they don't see what they already know as like truth yet. Like, but it's necessary. I I feel like I think some people think that they have to 
they should skip that. But I really think it teaches you so much about how you want to do business. Yes. And I, now the thing that I would hesitate on here is I do see sometimes that people think, oh, I should do some work for free to build my portfolio. No, that's the thing. The only thing I'm against. I'm like, no, you need to get paid. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you need to immediately go to premium pricing. Like, I think there, it's totally fine to experiment and dabble. And and sometimes when you're dabbling and say you are in another position, like you're still working full time, sometimes you don't need the income. And so allowing yourself to not charge as much, I think also puts less pressure on yourself yep. to have it feel or look a certain way yep. out the gate. And I know for me, it built a lot of confidence going through that phase. Those first few clients teach you so many skills that you can't get until you work with clients. So I'm not in the camp of like, do whatever you can to get clients. Like there are parameters that you can set, boundaries that you can set. But I think we forget like the cost. So like, okay, if you're not charging a premium rate, right out of the gate and you land some clients, other people might be like, you need to raise your prices immediately. Like you're undercharging. Yes, you probably are. But what you're also getting from that client in return is tremendous experience and knowledge about how you want to run and shape your business for the future Mm -hmm. that you might not have gotten for another six months, another year or whatever, if it took you that long to land a client because your rates were higher and you were new or whatever it might be. Now, there's a difference between low and pricing yourself to the point that it's at your own detriment. We've had clients come into our world that are like, if you broke it down, they're literally charging to the point where they're not going to be able to afford groceries or rent. If they don't make changes. And so there's a difference between kind of that lower end and being so inexpensive that you're not even covering your own basis. Right. That's a different story. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. You're probably also just as camaraderie and to let you off the hook if you're putting pressure on yourself, you might not yet have a clear niche of exactly what result you can provide clients, what exactly is in your offer, what type of clients you'd like to work with. There's so many different ways that you can niche down. Yeah, it might be the subject. It might be the type of client. It might be the type of service. I think it's totally okay to be really broad on all the things initially. Like you might have a skill you bring to the table. Okay, I'm a designer. I'm a copywriter. I'm a photographer. I'm an operations person. I'm in finance, whatever. You may have like a broad skill you're bringing to the table. But I think it's totally reasonable to experiment within that because some of you are going to find more clarity in reducing the size of your problem. Some of you are going to find more clarity in reducing the audience down to a very specific area. Some of you are going to find some clarity and niching in a different way. And so I think niching, people can do it too early, but they can also not realize that it comes in many shapes and sizes and end up niching the wrong thing. Exactly. And if they do it too early, then they kind of feel stuck or they like hit a wall. And so I'd rather you keep this open when you're in this phase. This is really like this learning phase. 100%. I don't think this phase has to last any certain amount of time. No, it doesn't. You know, we've been through this phase multiple times. We could break it down a ton with even within our own business every time we launch a new product or whatever. But specifically in when I was a photographer and then transitioned to we did our marketing and branding boutique as one, I feel like we went through that phase twice, right? So as a photographer, I was saying yes to every kind of session, charging low, not having packages to practice my skills, not just my shooting and editing skills, but like my people skills and like how to have client relationships and how to follow up and how to remember to check my email and what boundaries that are like, all of that teaches you so many different things that you don't realize. And then once you learn it, it's time to shift. Right. And it probably took 
about a, a little over a year until I was fully comfortable being like, ooh, I now know this is a style that I shoot in and I want to shoot these kind of people. And here's the process that everyone has to walk through in order to get the best experience from me. Yeah. But those came at different times within that year and a half. Yeah. I think it's important that we we don't put a timeline on this one way or the other. Because I also see people trying to stay in this phase longer because they're scared of moving to the next phase. Right. They're like, oh, well, I should keep doing this because I still have more to learn. And I think that can be kind of like a sign of perfectionism. It's going to bite you in the butt. And so you, yeah. you have to get to the point where you get a little frustrated. Like, why would you intentionally want to get to the point where you seem frustrated? Well, because frustration causes you to make changes. And so as you start to move into the next phase, which we call it burnout, I don't love calling something a negative thing to begin with, but I feel like it's such a necessary thing. Well, and fucking burnout is not the end of the world and everyone goes through it and you can't avoid it. That's the soapbox I will die on. Like burnout isn't negative until you ignore it all the time. Right. It is the unhealthiness of like ignoring how you're feeling and not right, addressing right. it. But innately, it is not bad. The natural act of getting there is is a sign that you're willing to work hard. It's a sign that you're trying a lot of different things and you're experimenting mm-hmm. a lot of different ways and you're going to hit some kind of wall. And that's when you have to address, okay, what are your real boundaries? What are you willing to do? Where do you want to ship? And we find that this is a season of shifting from saying yes to everything to being more intentional. This is a getting frustrated with your boundaries and making clearer boundaries. This is an opportunity. And I think what I like to catch people earlier in this phase so we can make healthier decisions sooner. Absolutely. I think more often than not, you have to get here to realize that the way you're doing it isn't going to work forever. Yes. And that you want to change because the blissfulness of the bootstrap phase is that profit margins are high, are really they high. Because it's just you and you're crushing it and you're saying yes to everyone and you're like turning out clients, clients are coming in. And when you're phasing closer and closer to that burnout is when, because your prices haven't raised, right? And you're still saying yes to everyone. So you're, oh, you're way overbooked. You're literally saying yes to everyone. So you have clients pouring out your eyeballs and you're brain is like, Oh my God, I can't sustain this. So I need help. Right. If you hire at this stage, profit margins are going to start to dip, but then you're in that realization that the cycle of doom that we talk about of you need to hire more help in order to get more clients, but you don't have any money to hire more help because you're not charging enough. So you need new client, like you don't know what to change. Right. And so the segue from bootstrap to burnout can happen like literally overnight, super quickly after you've been in bootstrap for a while. And then it's like, how did I get here? And how do I get out? And how do I go back to the blissful easiness of like making 90% margin? Going back is not the solution. Going forward is the solution. But the only way to go forward is to address what's not working. Mm -hmm. And to figure out what's not working, we really have to put a magnifying glass to your pricing your packages, your processes, apparently all the piece. Well, because what happens is, you know, in the bootstrap phase, you might think of it, you might say things like, 
I'm a small business owner or I'm starting my small sure. business or I have this little side thing. Like you use phrases like that, right? In the burnout phase, you might fully be like, no, this is my business. Maybe you've left your full-time job by now and you are relying on this income. It is coming in. It is my business. But what also happens as it is your business and that the idea that this hobby or side thing is now turning into something, you're now more in tune to everything else that a business needs in order to grow, like marketing, lead acquisition, brand awareness and quality, your client delivery, communications, like growing the whole thing, managing the whole thing. When in Bootstrap, it was just like responding to a client, doing the work and getting paid. Like it was very, it's a small process. You didn't really care about like telling more people about your business or brand. You maybe didn't even have a website yet. And at burnout, you probably have a lot more assets, like yeah. of a business yeah. and it feels heavier. You know, I think there's this myth we can, I don't like to blame Christianity because I am a Christian, but you know, you've been told likely whether you're a Christian or not, you've been told your whole life that the universe or God won't give you more than you can handle. And that's <laughs> not true. Like <laughs> you will be given at various stages more than you can actually handle. Mm -hmm. It's how you react in those situations that matter. It's not yeah. the fact that it's happening. It's that you have to deal with it. And so you're likely going to have all sorts of circumstances that aid in this. Your burnout may have everything to do with business or nothing to do with business. Right. It could be a life circumstance or work that like puts you in this phase. I'm not suggesting that everyone has a mental issue necessarily, but you know, a lot of entrepreneurs being creative, you're more susceptible to anxiety and depression anyway. And so you're more susceptible to work really hard and like get to the point where you are struggling in a mental headspace. And so I really want you to start to phase out of this and doing that. A lot of this is a personal growth opportunity mm -hmm. starts with personal growth and then it turns into like logistics. But I think you have to do the mind work first, even if you are the kind of person that like thrives on action. Like if you don't do the mind work first on this, I think you will sometimes do things that you don't feel totally in alignment with. And then it makes it worse instead of better. What we see is our clients and audience are in this phase and are convinced there's no way out of it without continuing to burn themselves out unless they make drastic changes into what they offer, how they offer it or who they offer it to. Yeah. They think they have to change everything. Right. For some reason, everyone ignores the fact that we can like restructure the business and the processes and the back end to better support you and your clients without changing the offer. Like, I don't know why we only look at like the makeup of the business instead of the insides. You know what I mean? I mean, I say this because I need to hear it too half the time. And so like, <laughs> it is easy to think that the method is the problem, the delivery, the mechanism, okay, even you doing services, but that's not the real issue here. The issue is typically surrounding how you are showing up and not necessarily how you're being treated. I think it's important to look at it. So for this phase, you have to be willing, you likely started low on how much you're charging side, you're going to start to have to shift your pricing, you're going to say yes to less people. And you're really going to be more intentional about who you work with. But the cool part of that 
is you're going to start to work with more dreamy clients more often. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what aids in like the hope that, okay, this really can work. And I'm excited to figure it out. Like I am tired, but I, I know I can do this. Right. And this is when I think it's really critical that we look at how is client delivery working? How are you getting new leads in the door? How are you growing your prospect pool? Like, how are you getting your brand out there? And we look at ways we can simplify this because I think the inclination, especially with how we're marketed to all the time, is we think the only solution to continuing to grow is to pivot from doing this in a really bootstrappy kind of way where you're like using your connections and using who you know. And then you think, oh, well, the only way out is... I have to really broaden my audience. I have to really blow up my marketing. I have to really expose myself to more people. When often that aids in more pressure, more more anxiety, more money, more dollar bills, when we can keep those things more manageable and simple. And it doesn't have to be this big charade to like, make it feel a certain way, we can really be strategic. And I think if more people focused on systems and processes in this phase, mm-hmm. they would move faster through it. Yeah, because your offer is banging. You don't need to start over. There is a way to still tweak that and pivot behind the scenes in order to give you back the freedom. Do you remember being in the bootstrap phase when you would like work a little bit and then you'd go to Target and then you'd work a little bit and you have coffee dates and then you get out of that because you're in the burnout phase and you're just working what feels like sun up to sundown and it's constant, constant, constant. Mm-hmm. The beyond is getting to get back some of the reasons why you even started this in the yes. first place. Yes. Building back in a schedule that actually lifts you up and supports your life and your hobbies and the things that you like outside of work and blends the two together because I'm a big believer in work doesn't need to be your full identity, but I sure as hope it is a part of your identity because you like to do it and it serves you. And the entire messaging of villainizing work that's going on right now that like none of us should work and we're all overworked and all the things you have the power if you're starting your own business i'm not saying everyone has this power if you're starting your own business you have the power to shape eventually maybe not on day one but eventually to create an atmosphere that's ethical that's sustainable and supports you if you make strategic decisions and if you cut the unnecessary, because there's a lot of unnecessary that's happening in businesses right now that are aiding into this burnout and overwhelm and the resentment of work. Yeah. How many times have I had the conversation with you because one of us needed to hear it? Okay. Well, even if all of this didn't work out, we'd still have no problem getting enough clients to pay our Mm -hmm. bills and we'd figure Mm -hmm. it out and we got this. Like, yep. There is no doubt in my mind that if you believe in yourself, not that some people won't fail. It's not that it's, but I just think you have more resources than you even give yourself credit for. And half the time when people quote unquote fail, it's really them deciding no longer to do the thing and they call it a fail, but that's really, that was a choice you made. Like, so like, I'm not saying that choice was bad. So I don't know why we're putting all these labels on it you decided to walk away and that could be for a million and one reasons. Yep. But I don't know why we're like slapping these 
after five years, only 30% of businesses survive. How many people after five years just decided, even three years in, I want to actually work for someone else. I prefer right. that. <laughs> right. And why can't things just like exist in your life to serve you how and when they need to serve you? And then they evolve. Yeah. Like we're just not in the world anymore where you get the job at 18 and you're there and you're unionized and you have this, that doesn't literally exist anymore. The world is changing so quickly. You likely can't have the same job 20 years from now. You literally just cannot, Mm -mm. at least in our industry. Okay. I mean, maybe you could be a doctor and you could be a doctor for the rest of your life. But like, even then a doctor still having to like learn about new research and learn new techniques and like to say that like we're not going to keep learning and evolving is just like ignoring that the fact right or that evolving is like giving up and changing your mind or whatever and I just I don't like that narrative either. either so ultimately I want you this is what I started with the message I'm going to end with it too I want you to have the freedom to decide what the future of your business looks yeah. like for living in the get to's and understanding what your business needs in order to maintain and grow instead of feeling and living and working and serving in that space of, I have to, I have to say yes to this client. Cause sometimes you live in that phase yes. and I get that, which is also not and, and bad. People are telling you that that's not a thing that happened. No. Oh Lord. I let Yes. Sometimes you just have to say yes. Yes. Even if everything in your mind and body is like, but I don't want to work with them. And like, right. Suck. Sometimes it has to suck. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need the cash. And yeah. so like, let's stop pretending that that's not a thing that happens to people because I've absolutely been there in my life where I needed cash and uh, yep. there was nothing else I could do about it. Like it was just required. And so there's no harm in that. And so like, I just wish there was less judgment around here, but I want to paint a picture. Okay. So you've worked really hard and you're in this like dreamy landscape and then you burned out. It was the suck. It's, but we call it the messy middle, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the messy middle. It's the phase that's inevitable because you have to learn what your boundaries are and then how you're going to hold them up. You have to learn where you're not doing a good job delivering and be honest with yourself about that and create systems and processes to back you up or get the support you need in. But there is a phase beyond burnout. And it's why we call it beyond because it's really a new positive outlook that's going to completely change how you feel. And it doesn't mean that you'll never go back to burnout, but it's an opportunity for you to continue to evolve. And it really gives you the freedom to decide, the freedom of choice. And if I could give anything to anyone, it would be more of you get to the point in your life and in your business where you can choose because you have the option. And Mm -hmm. so many of you just have, you haven't had choices. You've been like, no, I got to get a job so I can pay for school. Or I got to get a job so I can pay the mortgage. I got, you know, whatever. And I want you to get to the point where you can say yes or no based on what you desire and less on need. And that is possible. But I want to talk about what it looks like to get here. Because it's not about necessarily being rich or like being like wealthy or that your business has reached a certain point financially. I think it's really about having clear boundaries, clear processes, a clear understanding of what you want and what you're willing to do and be willing to face the consequences, whatever those are positive Mm -hmm. or negative for the choices that you're making. But it's the freedom of choice that allows you to live in this new land. Yeah. Get there. 
we can help you get there. If you're stuck and if you're like, yeah, hella in that burnout phase, have the conversation with us. I want you to seriously hop into our DMs over on Instagram at Boss Project and say, I just listened to this episode. I'm in the freaking burnout phase. And what do I need to do to get past this? And we have resources pouring out of our eyeballs for you. So we can pinpoint you to the one that's going to be most helpful for where you're at right now and help you get through this because you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to figure it out forever by yourself. You don't have to live in that phase forever. No. And if you're wanting to figure out how to ethically get out of there, and I mean ethically like for your soul and sanity and mental headspace and creative energy, feels good on every aspect, let's chat about it. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.